Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hi, Sarah. So happy Friday, everyone. And we are coming to you with the third part in our three-part series on spring cleaning your digital life. We've talked about photos and we've talked a lot about email yesterday. So here we are. It's Friday. It's Friday. And I guess it's uh, it's files and folders Friday. Is that like the new... Does that sound... <laughs> that's our new that, designation. It's got to be more exciting than that. Sounds really boring. <laughs> it does sound really boring. Yeah. So just to back up a little, we chose this topic for this time of year because spring cleaning, of course, feels great, but also we're stuck inside right now. And so we know a lot of you um, are looking for projects to keep you busy. And you're also looking to make sure your devices are working for your kids' remote learning and for your own remote work. And so... We are cleaning up our digital lives this week. And I think what what I think of when I think of files and folders is more storage issues. And this can be a mm-hmm. big challenge for people. Whatever devices you're using, your phone, your tablets, your computer, there is a finite amount of storage. And then there's there's these things called clouds that just seem mysterious. Yeah, they exist. <laughs> they're up there. They're all fluffy in the sky. Uh, okay, so we're talking about storage issues, um, but let's just talk really quickly about files and folders as well, because you've seen my desktop, right? Oh, your computer desktop. I have my computer desktop. (laughs) It is a sight to not behold. Like it is awful. And I've had people looking over my shoulder going, wow. So it doesn't bother you though, right? (laughs) Like you, you know where to find things on your computer and that clutter does not bother you. Correct. Um, the clutter itself doesn't bother me because I almost never look at my desktop. The only time I have to look at my desktop, like recently, I was going to give a presentation at church um, before all this went down and I had to go in and test out the AV stuff. And so we plugged, you know, I, sh- I closed down my browsers because I didn't want all of my stuff projecting yeah. to the whole room. And when I closed down my browser and saw what was under it, it was even worse. And the the lead guy just goes, hey, nice desktop. <laughs> and it was, I mean, like, I'm looking at it now. It's so ridiculous. First of all, it's a whole bunch of pictures of you and me, but then like one of Taylor Swift and it says bangs underneath it. So I must have been thinking, oh, and then one of some random girl that says more bangs. So that one must have been like when I was trying to decide mm-hmm. if I wanted bangs. 
what happens is my desktop becomes just this like dumping ground of things I never go back to again because I so rarely look at it because I've always got my browser open on top of it. Um, and then, of course, whatever programs I use open on top of that. Yeah. So and almost, I almost don't use any. I hardly use any applications on my computer. It's almost all browser browser based stuff. Well, that makes so, you very nimble. If your computer, yes. you know, if your computer dies or if you have to switch machines, then you're OK. Which I do frequently because yeah. I'm always dropping my computers. But I guess my point is the clutter itself doesn't bother me. But I do think that not having more of a system behind where things are does sometimes create like, for example, I don't know about your computer, and maybe this is a setting I need to change, but my search doesn't work well when for things that are in the downloads folder. Mac in general, like the spotlight search on a MacBook, it leaves something to be desired. Something to and, be desired. And all so, week so we've been certain, talking about yeah. the intersection between Google stuff and Mac stuff because we, you know, we both use both. But I yeah. agree. I think the the search functionality on your local machine is pretty weak on a Mac. Yeah. And so it's like I kind of bop back and forth between downloads, documents and desktop, which uh-huh. is where most of my stuff winds up in one of those places. And I've never quite figured out. I don't really care about having a bunch of folders in those places, but I just wanted to decide, like, is there a logic behind where one of those things goes? And after I download something, should I move it somewhere else? Right. So I am glad we're going to dig into that yeah. because that's someplace that I could stand to brush things up. Well, I have one quick confession and then we'll talk about our sponsor. But my actual desktop, when you said desktop, I had to like very quickly clarify you meant your computer desktop. My actual desk in my kitchen, I have a little like built in is a disaster, like a paperwork disaster. So I will confess that I'm much better. I think I said this a couple of days ago, much better with digital organization than I am with paper. And so it's so funny because they are so similar. I mean, there's they they are very you can compare them folders, files where you put stuff, how to find stuff. But I'm terrible when it comes to actual paper and I'm much better when it comes to my computer. So we'll lean and I am we'll the lean on opposite. that today. I love physical files and physical like um, filing cabinets and putting things into file folders and my desktop is very neat. I used to. I lost it somewhere along the along You put the all way. your time and mental energy into mm-hmm, your digital mm-hmm, scene. Mm-hmm, yeah. Did. Well, I need to put more into mine. So let's we'll jump into that in a, in a second, but first let's talk about our sponsor for this series, Privacy Guard. Sarah, I have loved talking about digital organization in the series because honestly, as I've admitted, it's an area of my life where I could use a lot of help, but I am determined to do a little better. I also have to say another area where I'm vowing to do better is digital protection. I have not always been great about using a secure browser or keyboard, especially when I'm dealing with sensitive and confidential information online. And maybe some of that is because I haven't really known how to make it easy on myself. I totally hear you. We use our phones for so many things these days, especially now. And trying to figure out how to protect ourselves when we're using them for typing in confidential information like bank account info or passwords can feel really overwhelming. But luckily, our sponsor, Privacy Guard, makes this really easy with their digital protection suite. The digital protection suite comes with a secure browser and a secure keyboard that you can use to help protect your information when you're surfing, sharing, shopping, and banking on your mobile device. I love this because just like with digital organization, I need simple tools that I'll actually use to help me manage my digital protection. I love that Secure Keyboard in Privacy Guard's app operates just like a normal keyboard, only it encrypts keystrokes, which makes it more difficult for potential hackers to read what you're typing. Privacy Guard's digital protection suite also protects against key logging and phishing scams that target passwords, account numbers, and other sensitive information. Privacy Guard offers three plans starting at just $9.99 per month, and you can try it for 14 days for just a dollar. 
All of Privacy Guard's plans offer the digital protection suite with a secure browser and keyboard, and they make it really easy to get started. Just go to privacyguard.com slash today to learn more. Again, it's privacyguard.com slash today. Okay, so Megan, as we were talking in the top of the show, one thing that occurred to me is it doesn't sound like you're running into a lot of storage um, constraints with your current computer. So that is, that's interesting because a lot of my, the way I organize files and folders has to do with um, storage limitations. And that's because um, I deal with the big audio files from our podcast. Yes, and, and I do not. <laughs> and you do not on your local machine. I mean, you yeah. help make those big audio files. Yeah. But uh, when, as soon as they're made, I move them right into Google Drive and there's just not that many of them. Like I'm not doing, if I ever touch one, like I'm doing an interview or something, it's probably one to every, you know, 25 of yours mm-hmm. that I actually have to touch or, or manage it all in this sense. So yeah. It's pretty easy for me to keep the storage stuff down as long as I don't have a lot of videos and that kind of thing on my mm-hmm. um, computer. And right now I just don't. There have been times in the past when I've done more video content and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And sometimes that has led to a little bit of a strain. But right now that is not a thing. OK, so maybe we can um, set the stage here by just talking about the difference in organizing things locally on your machine versus using the cloud. We've been talking about the cloud. Everybody knows that There are cloud-based storage systems. Um, For me, a huge advantage, two things. One, getting large files off of my local machine um, means that I have more storage and I do deal with very large audio files. But it also means I could access them if my computer died or fell in a puddle of water, um, that they would be somewhere safe for me. Um, But it's a little more complicated in that you need to have you need to be used to working in the cloud, like having Google Drive open or Dropbox open, or you need to have some kind of syncing application. Um, And Dropbox has one and Google Drive has one where it's running in the background. And it's basically, it's putting the things on your local machine up in the cloud and possibly bringing the things in the cloud down to your local machine. And I use the uploader from Google Drive. They've changed the name of it a few different times, but it's an application, a separate application that you install on your computer that basically means that whichever folders on my local machine that I tell it to will sync to the drive and whichever folders in drive that I tell it to will sync to my computer, but I have control over which ones. So for example, we keep a lot of really, really big folders of audio content in Google Drive. I don't need all of them on my local machine. Usually what I have on my local machine is just a couple of weeks worth of episodes that I might have downloaded and then I'm editing. And because this podcast is our business, I'm pretty um, crazy about backups. So I like, I want to make sure it's in Google drive, but that I have a copy on my local machine and maybe even have the raw copy, like the the unedited, the thing that just came down as soon as we recorded it, that I know where that is. So that, that does create some storage issues for me. And so I do have kind of that it's a backup to Google drive, but it's not backing everything up and everything down. It's kind of selective, if that makes sense. So do you, when, after an episode has been edited and is done and is, and is out there, does it then disappear from your local machine? I will usually, I, because I had, okay, so now I have a little side story now about storage because this was a breakthrough for me. I was deleting them from my local machine and leaving them in um, Google drive. But even that felt a little nervous for me because I just, I don't know, I want multiple backups, but I was having to, because I was having a lot of storage issues on my Mac until I just figured this out. So iTunes. I don't use iTunes for anything. I don't use it for music. I don't ever open it, except that when we download an audio file, when we finish our recording and I hit download, it always launches iTunes as the thing that's going to play that 
file. And then I literally just close it. I just close iTunes because I don't even want it to be there. Well, every time that was happening, iTunes was pulling a copy of that file into its library. So there was basically duplicates over in iTunes from, I don't know, however long I've had this computer, like two years, a year and a half, two years. Um, Once I figured that out and could safely delete all of those, I don't think I'm going to have quite as much storage issue anymore because the the audio files are already big enough. And then there was an entire duplicate copy in the iTunes library that wasn't necessary. You know, I didn't. Oh, that's so funny. Well, you know, when you have a Mac computer, it it, like it kind of wants to take over and and have and and force you to use all of Apple services. And so I have also found myself like, somehow using iTunes that I, what I never intended to. Right. It's yes, it's very it's like, let me play gets, that for you in this program yeah, like, no, 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 iTunes. Thank you. I didn't, I didn't choose that. I didn't want that. Um, and, and so that does get confusing. I didn't realize that. I'm going to ask a question that might sound kind of ignorant. That's okay. Um, so bear with me. So it sounds like when you're using Google drive, when I'm going to Google drive, I'm literally opening a browser window, going to the folder and uploading it within the browser window. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you've got something installed more the way like I might have used Dropbox. Yeah, yeah, I do. And I really like it because it allows me to navigate through Finder, which is Mac's folder system. Um, And kind of going back to yesterday's like email client thing, it feels like a cleaner look to me um, than Mm -hmm. clicking around in Google Drive. I will say that I'm more 50-50 and it depends on um, it depends on what I'm doing and what makes the most sense. But a lot of times I'm dragging and dropping files on my local machine in the folder system that looks like a Mac Finder window. But that's, that's that sounds backing, heavenly yeah, to me. But that's backing up to to Google Drive. Yeah. The dra- I was going to ask about the, if it was literally drag, drag and, drop. and drop. That sounds yep. so and great. Delete, okay, so, and delete. And delete. Yeah. Um, and I'm also mm. really good about emptying my trash. I've had to be because I had, I've had storage issues and I had storage issues on the computer before this one. Like I said, I think I won't now for a while, but um, because of that, it makes me really good about emptying my trash and getting rid of getting rid of stuff. So yeah, it's well, it's, great. Just, it's so much more intuitive. Like when it's happening on your computer, you and I have talked a lot about how we have this love hate relationship with Google drive. Like we love what it does for us. <laughs> um, but it's not always easy to navigate. And another thing that I find very tricky is like multiple times I've opened a new Google doc, say, or a Google sheet, and then decided I didn't want to do anything uh-huh. with it and closed it, forgetting that now it exists. Like now there is something called untitled document yeah. in my, and not that it matters. I'm never going to like see it, but it makes me uncomfortable to know there's just these random folders out yeah. there. And that if I go to my drive, there are things people shared with me years and years and years ago that I don't want anymore. Yeah. Um, so I would love to find a better way to manage that. And and speaking of love, hate, I did have Dropbox installed on my computer for a while, but I have a hate and mostly hate relationship Me with too. Dropbox. Me too. I don't like how it functions. So, but the one thing I did love about it was how I could drag and drop, move things around on my computer. Yeah. It just made it. Yeah. So yeah, I might so have that's to called, try this um, The one well. I have right now is called backup and sync from Google drive. And it's like a, it's a Mac app made by Google, if that makes sense. Um, but I've noticed when I've been in Google drive lately that they're suggesting a different one. And this is one of those things where, you know, stuff does change, but um, but either, whether it's that one or the next iteration of it, it does make it so easy to, to work in the confines of your local machine, but know that the same thing is happening in the cloud. Um, okay. so maybe can we dig in a little bit to this idea of cleaning up since that's, you know, this is spring cleaning. Um, and you mentioned like the one time you open a document and then never do anything with it. And so I yes. do a lot, whether it's on my local machine or in Google drive, I do a lot of 
mindless cleanup because it just feels soothing to my brain. And a couple ways to do it. If you sort by, if you take a list of like all my documents or recent documents and sort by name, um, you'd be able to find a lot, a whole lot of those untitled untitled documents and just delete a whole bunch at once. Um, I do a lot of sorting by size because I, because I have storage issues. So if I sort by size with the biggest files at the top and you just click like sort by size, then I can see right away, like, what is this giant video doing that I'm never going to need again? And so I will do a lot of paring down that way. Um, you can also sort by date and then look at the oldest stuff first, which first of all, like you said yesterday is kind of entertaining because you might find stuff that you haven't thought about in eight years. Um, but it can also be useful because you might find a whole folder with subfolders on a project that you just are ready to let go of. So um, whether you're cleaning up locally or in the cloud, I, that's the way I do it as I just sort by different criteria and kind of see what floats to the top. And I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. I'm going to get rid of that. So I don't know if that helps at all. No, it does. Well, let's talk about really quickly the the whole dilemma I told you earlier with like downloads versus desktop yeah, der- versus documents. To. How do you decide which folder gets which or which I guess it's not even a folder. It's which designation on your computer gets, you know, so, your, fi- your file. Yeah. So I agree. I think when and you and I both work on a Mac and I think there's a couple of things that are frustrating about this. And one is screenshots. I take a lot of screenshots both on my mm-hmm. phone, but also on my computer. And I have often wanted screenshots to go to like a certain place. And they, there mm-hmm. is a way to, ne- to route them to a certain place, but I, I think it wasn't where I wanted them. Like you could designate a folder, but it didn't work the way I wanted it to. So my desktop gets really crowded, mostly with screenshots. And I do clean off my desktop periodically. Not, I, I'm not a, an empty desktop person, but I clean it up pretty often. And it's almost all screenshots because they don't I wish they went to the downloads folder or to like a prettier place that I didn't have to see them, but they don't. Um, downloads is for a Mac. It's just anything that you have hit download from the internet. And you, there are settings within Mac that will allow you to, that will say like empty my downloads folder every month or empty only the oldest files or ask me first. So if you dig into your Mac settings, there are ways to manage that downloads folder. Um, I generally let the downloads folder build up. And then when it's time to clean up, I do it by size. And and I, again, I sort by size and I get rid of the really big stuff. Um, But my assumption as a Mac user is that if it's in the downloads folder, I'm not going to need it again. I downloaded it and I did something with it. Maybe I emailed it to somebody or I used it for a project. So I am not shy about if it was something that I wanted to save, um, there's very little that I save. Cause like you, I'm very cloud-based. I'm very email based, but if there was something that I wanted to save, then in Mac, you're given the defaults of like documents, pictures. Um, and I have a, I have a handful of subfolders within documents and pictures that, that are things locally on my computer, but not very much. So most of it gets deleted, whether it's on my desktop or in the downloads, it's kind of like it's temporary. And so eventually yeah. it moves to the trash. Does that, does that even help? It does. And I think that that, I think for me, it's, it's making a decision of how things are going to work and then sticking to it. So I would say 90% of the time, my downloads are temporary, just like 90% of the time screenshots mm-hmm. are temporary yeah. for me. You know, the, you use them that day when you need them, you're making a presentation or something yep. and then they go away. My problem is the other 10% of the time, I'm not consistently taking that out of wherever it is and doing something different with it. So the 10% of the time when I actually do want to, so for example, like say you sent me a Google, um, something that was like a Google doc, because I was going to edit and make an alter, like a, make a, 
it makes some kind of tweak to it. And then I was going to save it as a PDF on my computer. That's uh, going to go to my downloads file. Right. Oftentimes those things I'm going to need to use again. Mm-hmm. Like, so what I need to do is take the next step of, um, saving that yeah. someplace on drive. And I think that the plugin you're talking about or the, yeah. the app would be really helpful. Yeah. And that. I love that. I love that plugin or that app because it's not everything across the board. So you can just choose which things you want to sync. Um, and you, it right. could just be, you didn't, you wouldn't even have to like granularly organize it, but just say like Megan needs this for later and have that folder syncing to both drive and your desktop. Um, and then search may help you take care of the rest, you know? And I'm sure I could also use search or some kind of, I don't know, system for the millions of times that you, you make something. And this happens on PicMonkey a lot too. Mm -hmm. I make a version of something, download it. Then I realize I want to make a tweak, Mm -hmm. change it, download it. Now it's that file plus a one Uh in parentheses. And then I've got like seven of those. Like there's no reason to keep numbers one through six, like get rid of them. And then, and then change the file name. Yeah on the one you keep. And it's just that extra step of not having a system, which means sometimes if I don't have a way to do things, I don't do any, I don't do anything. Yeah. And I think if I don't have an established way, then I just wait. You know what I mean? Yes. And I, I am remembering something my mom told me years, a bazillion years ago when I had a really messy room. And she's, she said that she has a theory that people who enjoy a good deep clean also can tolerate a bigger mess because they know the process of cleaning is in itself kind of like rewarding. Whereas people who really hate cleaning are more motivated to keep things at a status quo. And I think digitally, and as a teenager, I was definitely in the category of like, I let my room get so disgusting, but then I'd spend a whole day and put on music and really loved, loved the process of getting it back to square one. And I think digitally, I feel the same. Like I, I really enjoy um, putting things where they go digitally. And so it doesn't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't overwhelm me to let that downloads folder build up or let my desktop get a little messy because I know that I'll at some point, and it sounds like maybe for you, you just haven't had that point where like you enjoy cleaning it up because you don't know quite what to do with it. I haven't made the decision about it. Again, like we've, we've established if it was a physical space, I'd be able to look around and say this, you know, these items go in that basket and, and make that decision really quickly. Um, with digital, it feels so abstract. All the baskets look the same mm-hmm. to me. It's like everything on my computer or even digitally, there's, I have not been able to distinguish between the buckets mm-hmm. or the baskets as far as which one is better, like is the, is better suited for this versus that. That I think is the difference. It would be like if I walked into my bedroom and I wanted to start deciding where to put like my underwear and bras versus my <laughs> yoga pants. Uh-huh. And like, and it was just a bunch of identical bins in front of me. Uh-huh. It would be very difficult for me to decide. I, I tend to choose things aesthetically based on like where they are in the room or the size of the drawer right. or, you know what I mean? Or like where, how close it's going to be to the, to the bathroom or the bed or whatever. And so, um, it, digitally, there isn't that you, you have to like create it for yourself or you have to create the system. It's like, you have too much control. You have to like create a system and then work the system the way it works. And I think yeah. I just get lost well, and in that's the just nebulousness. Not, it's maybe not how your brain is wired. And for me, I enjoy creating, you know, tiered folder systems. We taught a course recently for uh, podcasters where I had to create the structure of the resources that they would access. And like, I don't know, that's as fun for me as like cleaning out a closet is for some people. It's I enjoy setting up that structure um, but even I am guilty of sometimes doing that and then not following it or just, in, mm. you know, enjoying setting up the 
the nested folders and then not sticking to my own system. So I think one thing that's apparent here, at least in your and my business is so much is in our email and in like already living on the internet somewhere that we don't have as many files as we used to, you know, the first part of the series was about photos and photos are some of the photos and videos are some of the largest files we deal with or audio in our case for podcasting. But I mean, 10 years ago when I was working, was it 10? No. 12, 13 years ago when I was working full time in a corporate environment, you know, you stored a lot locally on your and remember um, FTP yeah. servers like an FTP server oh was gosh. like shared FTP. Sp- <laughs> yes. like shared space and you couldn't delete. You didn't want to delete something from there because that would affect everybody. And then Dropbox. Oh, and remember the, the G drive and the H drive. Oh, yeah. And like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if people still do that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And uh-huh. actually, some industries probably still really do. Um, we just are, we're cloudy folks over here. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think maybe just before we finish one thing to think about, um, for parents who are growing, their kids are growing, um, and taking over devices is have a strategy or put some intention behind when you're ready to pass on a device to a kid or to convert it to another use. Um, it doesn't take very long to, again, to go, to use a real life metaphor, to kind of clean out the closets and get rid of a bunch of stuff and make sure that the programs that the kid won't need for their homework computer are taken off there. Um, and then just make sure that if there are files stored locally, that you have a way to get them to the cloud. If you've been someone who really keeps a lot locally on your machine, that would be a good time to um, get some Google Drive storage or some iCloud storage or some Amazon storage. Because I think sometimes when we're in the haste of transitioning a device or maybe your computer breaks and you don't even have like, mm-hmm. you don't even have time to deal with that. So um, that's another time I think that's helpful to get organized because you may be passing this laptop down to a kid who's going to use it for homework and you don't want to have to like trust that they're going to keep your stuff where it is. Like you want right. to, you exactly. want to pass that on as a clean slate. Um, exactly. And I actually kind of enjoy that, like cleaning it up, you know, getting it ready for the next purpose and passing it on. Love it. Well, I guess if there's any takeaway from this, this whole series, but it, it, I mean, it's been like, pick one thing. I feel like the, the, the drum we've been beating is take, pick one thing and, and commit to it. And just Whether do it a little bit. Yeah. Like just and do it a little bit. Just yep. try. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> I would love to hear from people who are stuck at home and if anybody sort of enjoys digital decluttering like I do, or maybe if someone feels more overwhelmed by it like you do, Megan, um, and if anybody makes any progress, you will have to let us know. We would love to hear about your, you know, your digital cleanup projects. I feel like it's the kind of thing for me that if I just put it on my calendar and sat down maybe with some bad TV on and a glass of wine or something and just worked through it like a little bit at a time, Mm -hmm. I would start to see the benefits of it. And then just like cleaning my house, it would become enjoyable. I think right now, because I just don't do it at all. I avoid looking at it, like you said, and, Mm -hmm. um, and it, and it, it, it's just like a little nagging irritant, which who needs that? We don't right now. We really don't. We do not. (laughs) Bigger fish to fry. Exactly. Well, thanks everyone for listening today and for joining us for this special series. We also want to remind you to check out our sponsor, Privacy Guard. They offer three digital protection plans starting at just $9.99 per month, and you can try it for 14 days for just a dollar. Privacy Guard makes it really easy to get started. Just go to privacyguard.com slash today to learn more. Yes, a big thanks to Privacy Guard for making this series possible. You can find the show notes for the whole combined series at themomhour.com slash digital spring clean. That's where you can find everything from all three episodes. And we'll be back with you soon with another brand new episode. We'll talk to you then.
Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Hey, everyone, we have a favor to ask. If you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you check really quickly to make sure you're still following the Mom Hour? Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to. If Apple Podcasts is your podcast app of choice, all you have to do is find your way to our show page and then click the little plus sign or follow in the top right corner. Thanks so much.